What's up, you guys? Steve Emilhausen here, writer for the Zone News, more importantly, the host of the Walkway to Fight Club. And happy Friday, as you will be listening to this on Friday, February 12th, 2021. We have a very, very, very special podcast for you today. Not only is there one guest, but there is two guests. First, we'll be joined by the UFC welterweight champion of the world, the Nigerian nightmare, Kamaru Usman, who looks to defend his title for the third time coming up on Saturday night in the UFC 258 headliner against Gilbert Burns. And then we will talk to the reigning, defending IBF junior lightweight champion, Jojo Diaz, as he'll be facing Shavakazan Akhmedov coming up on Saturday night live in Indio, California, live and exclusively on the zone in over 200 countries and territories. How can you listen to these, might you ask? You can listen to these. It's very simple. Download, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, not Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Be getting a lot of questions about what's happening to the wrestling podcast. What's going to be up with you and Daryl Rivera? I'm working on it. My schedule has become more insanely hectic than I was envisioning. So I've only been really only able to do these little short spurts, talk for a few minutes, and then we go right on to the podcasts and you guys listen to the interviews and do all and give a ton of great feedback. And I greatly appreciate it. And I thank you guys so much. So that's on me. It's more of trying to align schedules, get the schedules together. Because this world is hectic. The world of combat sports really doesn't stop. So it's more or less trying to find balance. A podcast, this job, doing more podcasts, and being able to watch everything. And I also have a family who I love and support very, very much. So I have to balance all of that. And I unfortunately have not found that balance to where I can watch every single thing humanly possible in wrestling and boxing and MMA. I'm barely able to do the watch all the latter, the latter two more than the than the former. So I do apologize for that sooner rather than later. It's going to happen. I do promise, but a ton of great stuff with Gilbert Byrne, not Gilbert Burns, <laughs> with Kamaro Usman and Jojo Diaz. Both very insightful, you know, and it's kind of more of the lane I've been going in lately where, yeah, we sit and joke around, we have a good time. But when it comes down to the, the meat and bones, these interviews were fantastic. I'm not saying it because they're good about to be on, but they were damn sure fun to do. They were good, you know, to get different perspectives from guys who have no problem speaking their mind, but also going insightful and being deep and going in depth. We, yeah, we all want to hear all the F you this and the S this, and it's not what life is all about. I don't feel like anymore. When you become a dad more, you don't feel that way as much. And I really don't, to be quite honest. Like, those days are, eh, I'll drop a bomb here and there, but beyond that, I don't really get too cussy if we want to use that phrase anymore. With age comes wisdom. I feel like I'm becoming more wise. But a good weekend coming up here for Combat Sports. you got UFC 258. You have the 
the card on the zone. Unfortunately, we were supposed to get a we were supposed to get and was going to be a banger of a light heavyweight title fight coming up. It was supposed to be on Saturday on ESPN. Joe Smith Jr. Maxim Maxim Vlasov. The fight is postponed because Vlasov tested positive for COVID nineteen. So that fight is off. I was looking forward to that. That was going to be a ton of fun. But if I'm ranking things I really want to watch this weekend, and I'm not saying this because the zone signs my paychecks, but you got JoJo Diaz and Rakamov. That's going to be a banger. Rakamov 15-0, 12 wins by KO. JoJo Diaz, one of the most exciting fighters in the sport. Then the co-main, Brian Castano, meeting Patrick Teixeira for Teixeira's WBO Junior Middleweight Championship, and that's going to be a banger. You're looking for good wars, good scraps this weekend. Watch the Zone card, the UFC show, and then the top rank card will now be headlined by Richard Comey, and I forget who he's facing. Richard Comey's got vaulted up into the main event, and another good card on his own out in the UK. Josh Warrington will be fighting. He'll be making his grand return in a non-title fight this coming Saturday. That is also on the zone starting at 1 p.m. Eastern and 10 a.m. Pacific. The DS card starts 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific, and UFC 258 does kick off. The prelims are at 6.15 Eastern. The main card begins on ESPN Plus pay-per-view at 10 Eastern. So looking forward to a great weekend of combat sports. But don't forget, rate, review, download, subscribe to the Walkway to Fight Club. It's simple. Give me five stars. Give me one star. Tell me why I suck. Tell me why I'm great. Tell me that you love the interviews. The more five stars we get, the more comments we get, the more we go, we vault up in the rankings. Also, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the walkway to fight club. And we're also on Twitter at walkway fight and also on Instagram walkway to fight club, all in lowercase letters right now. Here is the reigning defending UFC welterweight champion, Kamaru Usman. I am good. It's not about me, my friend. It's all about you because you are the champion. You know, you, you look at – I was watching a video on Twitter earlier today. The UFC put one up of you and uh, Gilbert days before the fight. And I was watching in Saturday night. You were watching the fights with Ga- uh, Justin Gaethje. And your reaction to the knockout from Corey Sanhagen to Frank Yeager was just priceless. And when you watch something like that, what runs through your mind? He's, he's newer, but 
he shows that he's not just, you know, he's a killer himself. And um, the world now knows who he is. You know, you broke that down really well. And, you know, you can tell you got the broadcaster voice going on there and the analyst voice. And, you know, I've seen seen you doing that work with ESPN. And, you know, how does it does that help you at all in terms of fighting when you're sitting there and you're watching fights as an analyst? And do you keep like that stuff in the back of your mind when you're getting when you're getting ready for fights? Or do you just kind of, you know, you're going by what you're seeing and you're not really thinking about it once you get into camp? Up a little bit because you know you you kind of see how certain guys are dealing with certain adversity that's put in front of them by a different opponent, and so that that's always a good thing to do. You know, I, I always try to keep a watchful eye for that. But um, I'm also a fan of the sport, and uh, um, obviously maybe not now as much as I used to be, but I'm a fan of the sport to where I love to watch different guys from different weight classes. So it could be 25 pounders. I see something in there that they're doing. I'm like, wow, I like that. I'm going to try that. But it could be heavyweight. I'm like, wow, I like that. You know, so I'm a fan of the sport. And, um, yeah, I definitely try to keep a watch wide and every time, even when I'm working. You know, I hate to send my notes, and I felt like I wanted to definitely ask you about this before we get into the fight. Because I... I know that you and you know you had a little bit of back and forth when Ben Askren was still active in the UFC before he retired, and you know now Ben's going into the boxing realm and take, you know in a fight with Jake Paul. And I wanted just to get your thoughts on if you have any on what your reaction was when you seen that Ben Askren was going to attempt to get into boxing. It's, uh, it's one of those things that um, you only get so many, and that's that's the I'm trying to wrap my mind around now because I'm, I'm a competitor uh, two and two, and um, you only get so many of these. And, and, and my uh, my friend DC just you know just let me know is get a few of these. And you're saying with Rashad Evans, when it's done, you're gonna miss it. And so with someone like Ben Askren, it's kind of done for him. You know, he could try to go get in a league somewhere, you know, and, and, you know, and try to maybe get another fight, but it's done for him as far as, you know, being able to compete with the elite like myself, you know, when it comes to mixed martial arts. And so to have someone call your name to where now you get an opportunity to be able to compete again and then make a lot of money doing that, I mean, I think it was a no-brainer for him. You know, it's for the money. I mean, it's, you know, not to be disrespectful in a sense, but, you know, Ben Askren's not necessarily known for his boxing, you know, so uh, to be able to step in a boxing ring, whether it's with a guy that's not even that good of a boxer as well, it's still something that, that, that is, it's like, good for him, good for him, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping he gets, he makes quite a bit of money. Even though you guys do have a bat, you know, a history, you know, and a lot of people have viewed it as MMA against boxing. Do you root for Ben for the sake of the fact that it is, in a way, MMA against the sport of boxing? <laughs> I kind of figured that answer. Yeah, I, I have no connection with him whatsoever. I Talk 
think um, that holds a little bit more weight because I think um, Ben has a little bit more of a grasp on as far as the representative to being represent rep, being a representative for the sport of wrestling as opposed to the sport of mixed martial arts. You know, it's hard to say you're the guy representing mixed martial arts when you're not really the best guy in that field. So, had it been someone like, okay, let's say, what's his name? Uh, John Paul, what, what, what is, uh, what's the guy that he's fighting? Had it been him saying, oh, yeah, I want to fight the best out of there right now in the world at that weight division, it's me. Yeah. Now that that's more of a representative of the sport going out there and competing. Not, I want to fight a retired guy that, that really, you know, had a bunch of eyes that didn't really pan out, you know, and, and, and is not known for his striking. So, you know, in that sense, no, I don't really feel that attachment. But it is what it is. I'm in entertainment. I'm going to watch it. Probably just pay for it, but I'm definitely going to watch it. <laughs> you know, you look at, you know, I was looking at your record, and, you know, you look at, you know, 17-1, and one and, and, like, who is this one loss to? And I'm sitting there and I'm looking and I'm like, who in the heck is this guy? Who is Jose Caceres and how did you lose to him via first round submission in your second fight? Mike, that loss is to myself. You know, that, 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 I attribute that to myself. Um, when I came into the sport, I was, uh, I didn't really know that much about it. I just knew I had a specific skill set to where I could dominate guys. And I was using that skill set each and every time. And I thought that I was getting away with it. And I was only, I've been only been in the sport for, what, like maybe six months yeah. at that point. And, you know, I, I, don't, I didn't care who it was inside that practice room, whether you were a 25-pounder or whether you were heavyweight. I was going to take you down. I was going to hold you down if I wanted to. And that was the attitude that I had at that point. I wasn't necessarily fully open to learning every aspect of the game. And I kind of went into that fight, oh, well, so dominant with his skill set, I'm going to use that. And I just went in, and it was, it was like clockwork. He went one, two, took the kid down, full out. And then he showed me a, a different aspect of the game that I had been neglected and not paid the homage or respect to. And he taught me that important lesson that you have to pay homage and respect to this game, this part of the game. And um, after that, I said, you know what? Yeah, if I want to be, I, I made the decision, I want to go into this, and I want to be the best at this. So I need to learn everything there is to know about this sport in order to do that. And the rest has been history. What do you feel like if that if that result doesn't happen? Where do you think your career is at right now? Um, I would like to say it's at the same place because, I, 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 I you know, my goals were, were, were this. My goal was always this. And, um, and, and that's, that's what I do. I don't, I never shoot myself, I never try to sell myself short. I've done that before, and I know the feeling of the disappointment of that because I knew that I was capable of so much more. And so I never try to do that anymore. So when I came in, this was always the goal. But I think had that not happened, maybe I continue to be, you know, irresponsible when it comes to learning every aspect of the game. And to where the transition or the process of getting here is a lot short, a lot longer, you know, as opposed to to really focusing, learning those, and cutting it short. You know, I know this is a weird question to say, but just based off of what you said, but 
do you ever go when you're getting ready to get into the when you're going through camp and you know you're you know you get to the day of the fight and then you're in the locker room and you're getting ready to walk out do you ever have any fear in the back of your mind of losing or is it always the aspect of I know I'm going to win and I'm going to win because I am the best fighter at 170 pounds I would be lying if I said I didn't. I would be lying for sure. Anyone would be lying if they said they didn't think that. Because this is different than anything else. This is not just, you don't play this. You know, this is real. And and I would be lying if I said I didn't think about that at all. But I think that's part of what makes me so strong. What makes anyone that steps inside that octagon so great. Because you have those thoughts. Everybody has those thoughts. And being able to overcome them, put them in a the box, throw them away, and go in there and still take care of business. I think that is the definition of courage. Two more questions, Kamaru, and thank you so much for the time tonight. It's really appreciated. And, you know, you look at, you know, the fight with Colby, ultra-personal. The fight with Masvidal, ultra-personal. You know, you look at this fight with Gilbert, you know, and to me it's a different, different a little bit because you're not hearing the animosity. You're not hearing the trash talk. Yeah, you, the narrative is, yeah, you guys are spar- former sparring partners, and, you know, he stayed in Florida, and you went out to Colorado. How does it feel that, you know, you're going into a title defense, and the fight isn't personal in the slightest bit? Uh, maybe, maybe to everybody else, huh? But I'm sure him and I don't feel that, don't feel that way. Um, yeah, former training partners, and, and now we have to, you know, compete against one another, but that doesn't mean it's not personal. You know, it's just down inside. Like he said, it personally. He sees something that I have, and he wants it. So what could be more personal than that? Then, uh, you know, a man in your village looking at you, what you have, and how are you conducting, you know, and you run the village, and he says, no, I want to take that from him. What could be more personal than that? Never even thought of it. To say that, oh, well, I want to take that because knowing good well that that is how you provide for your daughter. That is how you provide for your father, your mother, your your, your parents, your grandparents, whoever it is. To say that, no, I want to take that. I want to change that. What could be more personal than that? I was watching the UFC put out this little snippet video of you on you and Gilbert on Twitter and you guys were, it was a, it wasn't long. It was, you guys were sparring and was there ever a time when you guys were sparring? Were you ever like, man, why am I training with him when I know one day we could be fighting for the welterweight title? When I have a team with someone, or when I train with someone, that is just how I am. I am, I am, I'm there to help you in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And that's how I learned the sport. That's how I learned the game from Sugar Rashad Evans. And he always told me to pay it forward. This is how we pay it forward. So I'm, I'm the type of guy I would give him a shirt off my back if I needed to. I'm the type of guy that would fly all the way to Brazil to Corning for nothing. Yeah. I wasn't in my weight division. Yeah. I wasn't a thought that I had to worry about. 
you know, a fight ago. Literally last night, he asked for my help. Oh, wow. Came to the gym and gave him my help. So, until then, you know, he, he asked for my help, and I, and I helped him. Of course, I always support I'm going to team with you. I'm always going to support you. I'm always going to help you if I can. And I've always done that. So I've never been the one sitting back saying, hey, I'm going to take something from them one day. Yeah. No, I've always been the one staying in my lane, doing my job to improve myself where I need to be. And if you needed my help and you asked, guess what? I would come out and help. That's who I've always been. And we'll end with this. And I asked Gilbert the same thing, and I wanted to end the same with you in this conversation. And, and he told me that he would – he. When he envisions the fight, he when he envisions stopping you to win the belt. When you envision the night, the fight in your head and you're sitting there at night before you close your eyes, how do you envision retaining the welterweight title coming up on Saturday at UFC 258? I mean, that's a, that, that, that's a thought that I never necessarily really had. Okay. Um, the only fight that I've the only fight that I've had really had that thought in that way was the Kobe Covington. Because that one was was a little we all we can all agree that one was a little extra. Oh yeah. So that fight, yes. But the one thing that I I, I look forward to, and, and and that this is all going to depend on him, is in that Covington fight. There was one thing that really happened in that fight that I take away, which is why I love that fight so much. I had fun in there. It wasn't just competing. I had fun as well as competing. To where most of the other ones, I was competing and I was showing I was better than the other guys. But in that fight with Covington, I had fun. And that was because obviously my opponent prepared and he came, he brought the A, he brought the A game and he really brought the dog out of me. And so Gilbert knowing who I am and he knows how I train and how I prepare, I expect him to be able to bring that out. And if he does do that, if he did do his homework and he prepared, then yes, it's going to be one of those fights to where I can sit back and look back on and say, wow, I had fun in that fight. I think we're going to get that coming up on Saturday night. And Kamaru, this is the first time, for, I don't know how, but this is the first time we've ever chatted. So thank you so much for the time tonight. It really does mean a lot. So close to the fight. The best of luck at UFC 258. Thanks, Bring home that victory. And hopefully we talk again before your next title defense. All right, thank you. A big thank you to the reigning, defending UFC welterweight champion of the world, Kamaru Usman, as he takes on Gilbert Burns Saturday at UFC 258 from the UFC Apex out in Las Vegas. That is going to be a fantastic fight. And I love how he speaks. He's so eloquent. He goes so in-depth in every answer, regardless of how ludicrous the question may be. And fighters can learn a lot from how Kamaru Usman handles himself in every way, shape, and form. Does he come off a little bit arrogant sometimes? Absolutely. But the one thing I really do appreciate is his caner, and I appreciate his honesty. I appreciate the fact that, yeah, you could tell he still hates Ben Askren. Who the heck is this guy? He's not representing me. He's not representing mixed martial arts. I think that's a very fair assessment. I think that's a fair assessment. And people may view it differently, but I really don't think it is. And, And by the way, those PR people from Triller are horrible. 
don't even get back to you. Oh, you you reach out to me and want me to interview Jake Paul and Ben Askren. You got to get back to me first. Got to, I respond and then I don't hear back. So I'm, their PR team is a little on the wonky side. But that's for here nor there. But guys like that, the UFC should be hyping more than they are. See, they don't do that. This is because this guy's everything you want a UFC champion. He keeps himself out of trouble. He's a good family man. And he's a fantastic fighter. And he knows how to sell a fight. And he's very charismatic. And he checks every box. Add in the fact he's African American. And that's what. I think makes it great is the fact that he is African-American and you know, he checks that box. He's not the guy who doesn't represent well. He represents very well. I'm sorry. My phone keeps going off and I do apologize, but he checks all the boxes that you need to have a, a successful champion they have a successful brand. Why he's not getting pushed more boggles my mind, and I hate that. But thank you to Kamara Usman for the time. I look forward to that. And also, I wrote an article from my chat with Kamara Usman. Make sure you guys check that out at thezone.com forward slash EN news. So make sure you guys do check that out. Thank you guys so much. And right now, here is my chat with the IBF Junior Lightweight Champion of the World. The one and only Jojo Diaz as we talk the fighting is Shaka Zoff Rakamov. This Saturday night, Fantasy Resorts out in Indio, California. Live and exclusively on the zone in over 200 countries. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern. The main event should start around 11 Eastern and 8 Pacific. Right now here, and we talk about a ton of things here. We talk gambling. Yes, we talk gambling. We talk baseball. We talk fatherhood, and we also get into some fight talk. Right now, here is my conversation with the reigning, defending IBF junior lightweight champion in the world, Jojo Diaz. Hi, Jojo. How are you? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm good, Jojo. We'll and we'll just kick this off. And you know, is it a Dodgers hat you're wearing? We'll start with that. You know it. Now, Jojo, you know it, man. I gotta support. I gotta support them Dodgers. Now, I don't know, Jojo Diaz, if you can see behind me. I got my Chicago White Sox stuff up in a lot of fighters. I cover boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. I usually get a boo-boo for having White Sox gear. But I'm in Chicago. I'm diehard White Sox. 2021 World Series, Dodgers and White Sox. I'm calling it now. Oh, man. I'm, I'm hoping. If, if you're a big-time uh, White Sox fan, man, I'm really hoping that that is actually happening because – the Dodgers are definitely going to make the World Series again for sure. So you're calling it now because I know you're a big betting guy, and so am I. So you're calling it right now. Just because you got Trevor Bauer doesn't mean that the World Series is clutch, my friend. I mean, we got Trevor, man. That's that right there is already you know lock. So I'm definitely <laughs> going to be after this fight. I'm definitely going to be going to Las Vegas and placing at least like two thousand that the Dodgers are making it to the World Series this year. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna. I feel pretty confident in saying this. You play, put some money in the Dodgers winning the World Series in 2020. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what is a JoJo Diaz bet on the Dodgers winning the World Series? A stack, at least? 
probably I think I'll probably bet like five six thousand dollars. <sighs> I actually bet um I actually bet five thousand dollars on the Buccaneers uh, this past weekend, and I won seven thousand. So <sighs> cashed out. I need like the I need the zone to give me the JoJo Diaz money. <laughs> I gotta think I gotta have that conversation with the zone when we're done with this conversation. But you know, you know, a lot going into twenty twenty. You know, twenty twenty started out so great for you. Great performance against Tevin Farmer in Miami. A couple days before the Super Bowl, you become a world champion for the first time, and then the world basically takes a shit, and we're at where we're at, and look at what happened. And do you view twenty twenty still as a giant success because you came became a world champion? Do you feel like there was a lot, a lot left to be desired for you? I mean, as far as my my professional boxing career, I feel like you know twenty twenty was a great year because I mean I won I won the world title, um, and that was a dream come true. Ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted to win a world title. And uh, I thought after that, I was in a fight at least two times in 2020. But like you said, man, COVID hit, everything started getting shut down. But uh, man, I still had a great, great 2020 because during that time I was able to, you know, get my girlfriend pregnant and take care of her and make sure that my, my, my baby, my baby boy Zenith was, you know, extremely, extremely healthy. So um, it was good, man, taking some time for boxing. Because I was able to live a normal life, man. I was able to enjoy my food. I was able to, you know, make sure that my baby was okay. Make sure that my my girlfriend was okay during all this time. I didn't have to, you know, uh, stress about going to the gym, working out, having a training camp, and not seeing my my uh, girl and not taking her to her appointments and all that stuff. So it was very, very beneficial for me, man. I feel like 2020 was the best year of my life because my son was born. And just seeing my son being born, man, and seeing my, my my girlfriend giving birth, it was just such an amazing feeling, man. It was a, like a feeling that I never felt before, kind of like the feeling that I, I felt with Tevin Farmer after winning that road title, man. It was like, man, because I've always wanted, a, I always wanted a baby born. I always wanted a family. And for me to meet uh, my dream girl like that and to have a kid, it, it was just a blessing in disguise, man. And I feel like everything just fell right into place where I was able to take some time off in my boxing career. And after my baby was born, I ended up getting the fight date, ended up started locking in again and got this training camp going. And here we are today, man, a couple of days away to fight night. You know, I, I, and congratulations on having a son. And I got two boys. Thank you. And I definitely know how it is. I got a four and a half year old and a 20 month old. I want to give you a bit of advice stick with one for a while. Stick with one boy for a while, because if you have two boys, Jojo, I'm telling you right now, mine are starting to fight now. They're kicking, they're, <laughs> hey, they're, they're doing I, little I jabs. Already had, I already had the flowers, I already had the flowers, I had the lotion, I had freaking everything ready for Valentine's Day here in the in the room already, man. I thought we were going to get it on and get a baby, but I'm just, I'm probably going to wait it out, man. I'm going to listen to you and probably give it like three or four years. Oh, man, don't get me in trouble now, Jojo. I don't need people coming after me <laughs> on social media and trying to be like, you know, because of, because of you at the zone, you know, you guys at the zone trying to tell JoJo to have no more kids. Just give it up. Nah, it nah, a- man. I mean, man, it's it's a it's already a handful, and I, it's just such a blessing having my having my kid right now, man. I just want to cherish every every single moment with him, and just see him grow up. So, uh, he's just a, he's an amazing little stuff. So, I think I am just gonna cherish these moments and make sure that I wait a couple of years till we have another uh, blessing in our, in our arms. You know, I look at you know. I've been in this, doing this now for 11 years and becoming a dad. And it's like, oh, you know, it doesn't affect your work. And I was having that mindset. And I'm like, 
it totally changed my life and it totally changed my perspective on how I view my job. And how is, you know, having a son now, how has it changed your perspective on your boxing career? It changed my uh, perspective dramatically, knowing that I, I really got to, you know, take care of my health. I got to take care of myself. So that way later on in the future, when I'm 40, 50 years old, I'm not slurring my words. I'm not stuttering. I'm able to, you know, be there for my kid and make sure that my kid is making the right choices and the right decisions and making sure that my mind is right. So it just, it's just been, you know, I feel like I grew, I grew up a lot this 2020 because not only do I got to take care of myself more, you know, physically, mentally, but I also got to take care of myself and my family financially as well. And this boxing, uh, this boxing game is a very, very tough sport. And you only get a certain amount of opportunities to make as much money as you can. So during this time, I feel like I got to, you know, really, really bite down and do what I got to do to maximize the opportunity and maximize the potential that I do have. So that way I can, my son could have, you know, a better life later on in the future. And making I'm making sure that, you know, I put some money in his, in his savings, making sure that I'm making my investments, uh, making sure that I'm doing things so that way I can have income. Uh, you know, after I retire in boxing, so that way, you know, my, my child won't ever struggle and my family won't ever struggle. So I think now it's just turning up that switch, man, just and just maturing more as a as a human being and as a father and as a as a, as a as a as a grown man. Now that I have this kid, I got to, you know, take full responsibility and take take care of my family. Where do you think your career would be right now if you didn't lose that fight to Gary Russell? Do you feel like your trajectory would still be where it's at? Or do you feel like, you know, your career would be right where it's at right now? Oh, man, I don't think I... Because like I said, boxing's a fucking tough, tough sport, man. And I already, you know, had three opportunities to become world title, world title champion where um, where I was able to, you know, fight Gary Russell Jr. And unfortunately, I didn't win that fight. And it was already ready my way and building up my way in the rankings where I had to be again to fight for another world title where I fought Jesus Ross. I didn't make the weight because 126 pounds was, you know, way too, I wasn't cut for that weight anymore. So I had to move up and wait. And just, I feel like if I wouldn't have won the Tevin Farmer fight, man, I, I don't know where I would be right now, to be honest. I don't know if I would have, you no know, people, you know, taking advantage of, of me and, and, you know, putting me on, 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 you know, low ball cards and, you know, not giving me the exposure that I still need knowing that I have two losses, but I mean, I'm a talented fighter, but just because I, I lost those two, they're going to put me in the back of the sidelines again. So like I said, man, boxing is a tough, tough sport. That's why I take my job very, very seriously for that way. You know, I can always make sure that I'm getting opportunities to, get out there and to make money financially for myself and for my family. You know, based off of what you just said there, do you feel like then going into the farmer fight, do you feel like you were fighting for your future? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I always, every single time I, I'm, I'm fighting, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about my future. I'm thinking about if I lose this fight, man, or if I, I don't look good, I'm not going to get opportunities. I got to always impress. And that's what every fighter should be thinking especially coming up in the rankings, man. You guys, every fighter should be thinking that way because boxing, you know, if you're just constantly just, you know, don't have any other backup or if you're 
just brought up in, in boxing and in amateurs and, you know, not going to school and not focusing on, you know, having a, something to fall back on, then you really got to take this shit really, really seriously because boxing is a fucking crew, crew sport where it, it, it'll, it'll eat you alive. The people in the boxing world will eat you alive and they'll take advantage of you. So you got to make sure that you're taking all responsibility inside that, that training and inside that gym. That way, when you do fight, you can look impressive, you can entertain, you can gain fans, and you can gain, you know, a promotional deal, and you can gain bigger fights, bigger cards. So that way, you can generate money for yourself and for your future. I know we're short on time, so two more questions, JoJo, and thank you so much for the time tonight. It's really appreciated. And, you know, I saw, I was listening to an interview you did with a good buddy of mine, Mike Coppinger from The Athletic, and I saw this, and I, and I have to ask you, you're, I looked at the odds right before we came on, and you're still a minus 250 favorite uh, through BetMGM. And are we still putting 30, 40 stacks on this fight? Or are we going to go a little higher or are we going to go a little lower because the odds keep increasing? Since the odds increase, man, I don't think uh, – I think I'm going to keep it like at 20-30. Keep it at 20-30 and makes, make about 5,000 profit after the win. And then after that, go to Vegas and try to double it on, on the blackjack tables. <laughs> 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 are you more bl- see i'm more of a hold'em guy hold'em and blackjack and a little bit of roulette's really really my forte when i hit those tables oh i, I i'm more of a blackjack player man i love playing blackjack i love i love the thrill of it i love i mean don't get me wrong i like to play crabs i like to uh play roulette i, I like to do all that too i like to i just like to gamble in general but if i had one one thing to choose in one night it would be blackjack you know, you look at Rock McCoff, and he's a really good fighter. And you can't take nothing away from him. 15-0, 12 wins by a knockout. But something you had said in an interview I was listening to about, you know, about his PED use, you know, going into the last fight. And are you worried at all? Because I know Vada's doing testing. I know testing is getting done this week out in California. And are you worried at all, though, in the back of your mind that he's going to be on something when come fight? I mean, I honestly hope not, man. I honestly hope he don't do some shit like that because – Either way, man, no matter what he brings to the table, if he, he could be on steroids, he could be on, you know, cocaine, anything that night, he's still not going to take that bout from me. I'm really, really well prepared, and I'm ready to go out there and dethrone him no matter what he's bringing to the table. Even if he does try to come in and cheat, I'm going to go out there and perform at my best, and I'm going to be victorious that night because, you know, I, I've trained hard day in and day out this whole camp and my whole life to be where I I need to be and be where I need to be today in order to be successful. And I'm not going to let some type of guy like this, a guy that's 15 and 0, um, you know, not that experienced as a professional fighter come and dethrone me, man. I'm going to go out there and, and really showcase my talents and showcase everybody that I'm the best at hundred pounds. What does a victory mean for you? And does a victory solidify yourself as a top guy at 130? I think a victory Saturday night, makes me the top guy at 130 pounds no doubt. after i beat the best uh, fighter tevin farmer i feel like i should have already be named uh, the best at 130 pounds but i gotta fight this man uh, and he's a dangerous opponent he's gonna be coming forward he's ranked highly in the, in the rankings he's ranked uh in the top 10 he's ranked number one so this guy it ain't no joke it's not like i'm 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 get, uh, fighting a guy that is not ranked at all you know, and, and just defending my title like that. Nah, man, I'm fighting a really, really tough opponent that is going to be live and hungry that night. So I think uh, victory 
Saturday night, I should be ranked number one at 130 pounds, no doubt. I don't think I think you're not going to get an, an argument from a lot of people on that one. And JoJo, we've never chatted before, so this has definitely been a pleasure. Thank you so much for the time today. It really does mean a lot. The best luck on Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, live and only on the zone. And you know what, JoJo? I will root in the NL for the for the Dodgers. I'm going to root for my White Sox. And sorry to crush your dreams, JoJo, but the 2021 World Series champions will be the Chicago White Sox. We will see, man. We will see. <laughs> well, it was nice that... talking to you, Stephen. You take care, brother. You too. Take it easy, buddy. All right, man. Bye-bye. A big thank you to JoJo Diaz ahead of his IBF Junior lightweight title defense coming up on Saturday night from Indio, California, live and exclusively on the zoning. It's Shako Kizan Rakamov. Try saying that, man. I've said that three times now, and I think I've butchered it every time. But I have to say, that was my favorite interview of 2021 so far. Just the candidness. And, you know, being two days away from cutting weight, and he was that jovial. Usually you get guys or girls that close to the fight, and they're grouchy as grouchy can be. And JoJo was absolutely fantastic. It was a fun interview. Hey, I got him to drop his stack level a little bit on his uh, – I'm betting on himself. He's up to a minus 250. Say so 20 grand up high one year. Yeah, up high one year, about 10, maybe 70, 7,500. So the best of luck to Jojo Diaz this weekend. And also the best of luck to Kamar Usman. But we are out of time. A big thank you so much to the reigning defending UFC welterweight champion, Gil- <laughs> I almost like Gilbert Burns, Kamara Usman, and also to the IBF junior lightweight champion in the world, Jojo Diaz. Coming up next week, big interview. I talked to the one and only Filthy Tom Lawler of MLW. We talk Filthy Island, the PFL, when he will be fighting in the PFL. Some words for how he viewed his 2020. So always good to reconnect with Filthy Tom Lawler. That is for next week. Don't forget, rate, review, download, subscribe to the Walkway to Fight Club. Five stars, leave a review. Just type in Walkway to Fight Club. Give the five stars. Boom. Gates us up in the rankings. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. But don't forget, Gilbert Burton. I always say Gilbert's. Kamaru Usman and Jojo Diaz. Thank you guys so much for the time today. Joining me on the Walkway to Fight Club. And thank you guys for joining me on the Walkway to Fight Club journey. This is Steven Mielhausen. Peace. I'm out of here. Thank you.